I just finished your financial plan and we're not touching any of your accounts for the next 15 years. Why are you worried about a market selling off today? I can actually make an argument that it's the biggest gift that's been given to you on a long-term return basis because now you can invest more dollars at cheaper valuation. So right there, I flipped the script on you. You came to me with anxiety about market volatility, near-term market volatility, and I said, hey, this is actually a good thing, and here's why, and I showed you why. And then you leave that call saying, oh, I've got a plan, this is good. For a decade, Cahaba Wealth Management has been driven by a belief that our fiduciary responsibility is to have conversations with you, our current and future clients, to discover what really matters to you. Wealth is not created overnight. Instead, it is earned by having a solid blueprint that allows you to plan and build for the future. Our goal with this podcast is to share our best practices and strategies about creating a secure and joyous future, while also addressing ideas in the marketplace that do not work as well. Join us on this journey as we discuss the ups and downs of the investment world to educate you and help you make the best possible decisions for your financial well-being. Let's go now to the There Is A Better Way podcast. Hello, listeners. This is MJ Durkin, the host of the There Is A Better Way podcast brought to you by Cahaba Wealth Management. Uh, We are really excited about our show today. Uh, I'm going to introduce to you uh, Will Jackson. He is the managing partner of the Nashville office with Cahaba Wealth Management. Will Jackson, how are you today? I'm great, MJ. How are you? <laughs> I'm living it up. We are uh, very excited uh, to be uh, uh, to be working with Cahaba Wealth Management uh, as a, uh, if you will, a, a third party to help you produce a great podcast. We love uh, interviewing. Uh, the uh, the partners and the uh, the various team members at Cahaba Wealth Management, and I must say, Will, um, as interviewers, we are learning a lot. <laughs> That's good. That's so, good. I'm glad to hear it. So it's uh, it's been an educational uh, experience for us as well, and uh, and we are uh, we are enjoying getting this education uh, out to our listeners. If you are a listener. Um, you have either found the podcast uh, out out in the uh, in podcast land. Um, probably one of your friends, a relative or a coworker, probably referred the podcast to you. Uh, they're, they are already clients of Cahaba Wealth Management. And they said, hey, listen to this cool podcast. Uh, there is a better way. And uh, just listen in, get some education, get to know uh, the, the various, uh, <laughs> I'm going to call you geniuses of wealth management uh, at Cahaba Wealth. And uh, uh, I think and, that's generous, MJ. But but well, thank you. Well, you know, I'm I'm loquacious, ebullient, and uh, uh, and have a very a very big vocabulary. <laughs> so uh, so if you're here, uh, we hope that you are tuning in and getting some good education uh, and learning some things, and perhaps you'll even uh, recommend the podcast to your own friends, uh, coworkers, and family members. So, will uh, our topic for today? is the future of wealth management. (laughs) Big statement. (laughs) It's a big statement. So tell us, uh, give us a a couple of intro uh, sentences uh, about the future of wealth management. So MJ, when we're meeting with clients, we always talk about how we're the future of wealth management. And that sounds like a large, as you said, wah, wah, wah term. And it's, you know, if I'm honest, we do that intentionally because I want to catch someone's attention to question 
what their personal definition of wealth management is. Um, and what we found in the industry is 95 plus percent of the industry is focused on selling products. And that is what the large population's interpretation of wealth management is. And what we want to do is redefine that relationship to one where the client understands that it should be a service that's delivered to the benefit of the client or for the benefit of the client. Hmm. Okay. So, so in, in the, the wealth management field, in the field of investments, um, uh, there, there was a, a, a statement, and, and I found this to be true in, in my years in, in, uh, in, in the field um, or, or observing the field, so to speak, is that um, basically uh, many advisors approach things like um, uh, what can they sell to somebody, right? Like I have these products. The industry is kind of set up. Here's all these products. Here's these quote-unquote salespeople and quote-unquote advisors. And they kind of come at it with the, I have products to sell you. So tell us what, why is that, why is that somewhat detrimental to the, to the client? Well, a couple of things I'll back up there. And the, the start of your question was your interpretation of investments. Mm-hmm. Investments is only one aspect of wealth management. And so right there, you're, you're sort of proving my point unintentionally, but it's, it's a really good place for us to jump off to say your investments work in conjunction and should be coordinated with the rest of your financial life. What is the rest of my financial life? Your cash flow. How much income do you earn? How much do you spend? How much do you pay in taxes? Is there anything left over? If that's a surplus, what am I doing with it? How am I being intentional in order to apply that surplus to whether whatever aspirational goals I have in the future? The opposite end of the or the other side of the coin. If I have a deficit, what can I do to eliminate that deficit? What type of action do I have to take in order to eliminate that part, that negative part of my financial picture? Right? Yeah. And then you've got your estate. Do I have a will? Do I have trust? Do I have my power of attorney? Have I put all the right terms in there? Do I have everyone included? Um, so that I can avoid the probate process. Is my insurance appropriate? We meet a lot of people that are overinsured. Why? Because they've met a lot of really convincing insurance salesmen. I'm not besmirching insurance. There's a place for insurance. But the way the market is now, people are incentivized to sell insurance, whether you need it or not. So it's the old hammer nail analogy. If you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? So we see a lot of that. And, and majority of my clients, I'm actually taking and, and canceling insurance because they have too much or it's not appropriately covering what needs to be covered. Taxes. CPA community does a very good job. They've just finished up the, the uh, last year's on October 15th. But their model is one where they're incentivized to do as many returns as they possibly can, not do them in the way that where they're thinking strategically or, 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 or uh, from a long-term perspective on what's in the best interest of their clients. It's just get those boxes filled in and get it filed and get the taxes paid and move on. We're going to tell you, you owe 110% of what you paid the previous year because that's the safe harbor and it's easy. I move forward and I go to the next client. We're actually going to look at the actual aspects of that specific client to see if all that are, those recommendations are appropriate. And then lastly, after you figured all that stuff out, it gets down to your investments or what we call asset allocation or your portfolio construction. Because 
if your world is not set up correctly, the place that's going to suffer, suffer is your portfolio or your investments, because that's where you're going to go to alleviate stress and strain. And that's where long-term damage is done. Okay. Got it. Really well said. And um, so I've got some questions. <laughs> Shoot. I'm here. <laughs> here comes the hard part, Will Jackson. Now bring I, it. now I, now I bring it. So, um, so if everybody's uh, leading with, I've got these products, I want to I sell these products. Um, it seems to me that the, the future of wealth management, what I've heard from, uh, from Cahaba Wealth uh, Management is that um, is you have a completely different approach. So let's start with number one. One of the first things that you do is you start approaching it from a different, uh, a different method, if you will or a different position. Talk to us about what that different position is. What's the first thing that you do when you start interacting with a client? Some, somebody calls you and they say, hey, Will, I heard about you. I'm not happy with my current uh, um, person who's handling my, my portfolio. Uh, my friend told me you guys do a great job for them and they're really happy. Um, what's the first step that happens at Cahaba Wealth Management? Yeah, so MJ, you're asking what I'll call the starting point. So how do we get to the starting point? And there's a tremendous amount of work that's done in order for us to get to that starting point. So I'm going to go in reverse. I'm going to, I answered what we're looking to get to, and I'm going to tell you how we do it now. So the initial meeting, when we sit down you with you, husband, wife, individual, whatever the case may be, is understanding what your motivation was to get to that meeting that day. Why are you here? And then those stories, sometimes you hear, well, my guy never calls me or my girl never calls me or this or that or whatever performance has been bad. There's a litany of things that come out in those meetings, right? But then we start asking questions of what's, what's your purpose for your assets, for your investments, for your life? Aspirationally, who do you want to be when you grow up? And how, what have you done to date in order to fulfill that dream or goal? And that tells you what sort of their behavior has been up to that point, right? So we're learning. We're not telling, we're learning. Um, and then we get to what's your emotional state about investments, money, family. Uh, all these things play a huge part in someone's long-term wealth creation. They've got to have these things coordinated and in sync or something's going to go wrong. So that's our first step. It's just asking questions and learning about where that where that person or that client, that prospect has been historically, right? Yes. That's step one. And then step two is to say, okay, this sounds like it's a good fit. And you guys are interested in exploring and learning more about our process and the service that we deliver. We then request documentation from them. So give us a budget. And we don't mean budget in a dirty way. We mean, what do you actually spend? Send us your pay stubs. How much do you make? How much do you pay in taxes? What are your withholdings? You know, what's your healthcare plan look like? Uh, we Send us your estate documents. Have you executed estate documents? We find a lot of people that haven't. So think about the value creation right there, just simply by getting them to have a simple will. And we have a ton of contacts and you can do a really cheap option or you can do a really extensive option. We have those, we can guide you through them and we'll be there for you. We don't charge for that, and there's no finder's fee for that, but it's important. That's the fiduciary standard. You've got to do what's right by the client. The, set, the next one is insurance. We review all your insurance. 
Do you have an appropriate insurance? Do you have an umbrella policy? Uh, do you have long-term care? Do you have disability insurance? You know, do you need it? So we'll go through all that with the client. We'll look at your taxes, the last two years of taxes. We will review them. We will spend more time on your taxes, unfortunately, than probably your CPA. But we will come away with some observations, and it'll either be they're doing a great job or, hey, we could do these things going forward, these things being we could be more intentional with our charitable giving to allow you to get more of a deduction on certain years than you've gotten historically or some other aspect of your of your taxes that we've seen that something could be differently. Sometimes we find that things were missed. There's a 1099 that was missed or a W-2 from a second employer. So those things are value add from a restatement standpoint and keeping you out of trouble. Again, we don't charge for that. That's part of the service. And then the last one is once we have all that stuff done, we look at what is your current portfolio. So you have investments wherever it may be. Pick a firm, XYZ firm. We get their statements. We build it into a portfolio. And we see what your asset allocation is. What does asset allocation mean? It's, it's your mix between large cap, mid cap, small cap, international uh, alternatives or commodities, and then your fixed income. And then from there, we do an observation of where you are today. So going back to the initial answer, where's the starting point? We now know your starting point. We know who you are. We know your purpose. We know your dreams. And we know what you've done to date. And from there, we can start to put together your initial plan and then give you guidance going forward. Sorry for the long answer, but that's, that's how we do it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. So, so let's parse that out a little bit. Let's delve into it a little bit. So, um, so, so step number one is really understanding the client's uh, motivation, their purpose. And, and you said, what, what, are the, what are the emotions behind yeah. where you're at? Talk to us a little bit about what you find with a client when you're, you're finding these emotions about what they've done in the past, where they want to go in the future. Are they happy, unhappy? What do you, what do you mean by we, we ask what your emotions are uh, revolving around these certain uh, subjects? So I'll use, I'll use an example or a statistic to start with. 50% of divorces are attributed to financial misunderstanding from a lack of communication. And through that lack of communication comes an anxiety. And anxiety brings anger, fear, all those negative things that lead someone to start to have or draw conclusions that may not be founded in fact. So what we need to do is assess whether a client has had a traumatic experience with money. And it all gets back to a phrase we use, what is your relationship with money? And it should be a positive relationship. And our goal is to have it be a positive relationship. It is something that can very much be a positive relationship, but the majority of people have a very negative relationship with money. So what we're trying to get there to that, that what we're trying to get to MJ is what is your current relationship with money in your emotional estate, your emotional state when it comes to making decisions that have dollar signs. <laughs> wow. So you're, so you're more like uh, actual uh, money psychologists. Yeah. There's a lot of therapy that goes on uh, and it's, but if you think about your own world, MJ, and anybody yeah. who's listening to this and you're really honest with yourself, when you're coming up on decisions that involve dollar signs, there's probably more emotion to it than, than data, statistical data, right? 
And a lot of that has to do, the emotions can either be positive emotions. If you have a plan, you can be intentional and execute on what you have laid down for your long-term strategic plan, or you can be filled with anxiety that you're making a mistake because you don't have clarity. Well, uh, so I, I love this. So let's, uh, so let's talk about, um, uh, so let's talk about emotions as it relates to perhaps you, you mentioned dreams and goals and people, you know, planning for the future. Uh, talk to us about the emotions as it relates to, you know, vacation homes, uh, you know, do, you know, uh, taking a summer off and painting in the Louvre, uh, <laughs> You know, uh, Joseph Campbell said, follow your bliss. And in, in order to follow your bliss, there's probably going to have to be a better way to uh, to manage your finances if you want to follow your bliss. Tell us what you find when you're talking to clients about their dreams and goals and their emotions. Well, you raise a good point. Does your can you afford your bliss? Right. Nice. That's the way I would phrase it. Yeah. Nice. And and what we help a client understand is whether they can afford their bliss. But we also want to get to the root cause of of why they have the, the purpose that they have, why their goals are derived. It's, I want to buy a, a lake house because I have three children and they all just got married and they're going to have grandkids. And I want to have a great place to host those, my kids and their, grandma, and their grandkids. And that seems like something that seems like a place I want to be long-term. So I want to work towards being able to afford that. Okay, got it. Let's do it. That gives us a purpose and a direction and a path to lead, to develop a plan, to execute, to lead to the success, right? So that's what I'm talking about. Well, that even it gives a person, if, if you're helping them to, to zero in, you know, what, what kind of cash flow projections they're going to need, you know, how much they, they are going to be set aside for taxes, insurance, um, and, and all of the things that you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago then this really helps the client to, uh, to dial in their own, own purpose. Like, okay, now I can really get to work for the next you know, 15 years and I want to get that promotion and I want to get up to this you know, salary level or I want to start making this amount in my business. It seems to me that um, you're, you're actually helping them to succeed at an even higher level. Yeah, and also do it in a way where they're happier and it's less a surprise and more intentional so that they can take pride in the purpose, their purpose, and feel rewarded when they succeed versus the lottery ticket winner that has a lot of money but may feel guilty. Uh, so there's a lot of psychology, behavioral psychology built into our approach in order to lead our clients to a better place. And that's why there's a better way to do this. Another example I'll give you, not my client, not our firm's client. I was at a conference and I heard this story and it resonated. Um, very, very wealthy family, husband made a great living. They had a vacation home in a very fancy place and she wanted to buy another vacation home. Well, that didn't make any sense. They already had enough trouble spending time at their current vacation home. So the utility was low, if you will. So the financial advisor who took an approach like ours sat down and said, okay, what's What's driving this? Because the husband was going to the advisor saying, tell her, no, we can't afford this. And the advisor's like, well, yeah, that's the easy way to do it. But let me ask her some questions. Well, it turns out the current vacation home, every time they went there, the husband was a workaholic. And all they were, all the family's memories of that is him yelling at them to quiet down. 
so that he could work. It was a miserable place. They did not have positive uh, memories from that place. They wanted to never go there. And that's why the utilization was low. So once the advisor found that out, he was able to pull the husband and wife together and say, hey, here's what's going on. Sold the previous house and bought a, another one that they were able to build and move forward from. So that's an example of a lack of communication, a misunderstanding in finances. The easy way would have just been to say no, but when you found out what's going on, you were able to design a result that ended up with that family becoming stronger. And yeah, that had to do with dollar signs, but man, the ultimate delivery was that you brought that family closer together and brought them into a healthier place. Well, uh, this is uh, this is real powerful stuff, and I, I want our listeners to really uh, to really hear this because uh, what what I I get the feeling that um, when when clients are are working with you with your firm, will that they are getting somebody who is really going to, um, you know, I, I don't want to get to, uh, you know, unicorns and rainbows and, and <laughs> hearts and hearts with this, but, but that you're really looking to really deeply understand your clients and to advise them in a really, um, you know, in a really effective, a very nurturing way. I mean, obviously the, the client to a certain extent is always right. It's their money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they get to make that final decision. But I, the, the analogy that I'm thinking of here is that if, if I have uh, an advisor from Cahaba Wealth Management that is this concerned about my well-being, that I've got somebody to always go to to talk about any issues that relate to my dreams, my life, my cash flow, uh, losing a job, taking a better job sounds to me like you'd be a great sounding board for your clients for can they call you literally you know, for for anything yes it, the phrase i've used and i'll continue to use is if it involves a dollar sign call us and by the way there's no hourly charge for you calling us if you're a client of cahaba that's part of the service period well, and, and if, we, if we look back to some of the steps you've been talking about here in the podcast as we, as we discuss the future of wealth management, um, you know, number one, you're, you're doing the, uh, what do you call it, the starting place? I call, you, it the, I call it the starting point. The starting point. So you're asking tons of open-ended questions. You're finding out a person or a couple's or a family's motivation. You're asking them, why are we talking? What is your purpose? Then you're getting to know all the aspects of uh, what you call the client's financial world, which is all the cash flow, estate, estate documents. Do you have guardianship uh, insurance? Are you overinsured, underinsured? Are, are you, are, are you um, paying the least amount in taxes uh, that you can? Um, what is your asset allocation? And at this point, um, <laughs> a Cahaba Wealth Advisor still has not been paid anything, correct? That's correct. Yeah, <laughs> we may be the worst business people in the world, but <laughs> you know what? If it leads to the results that we've had historically for clients, I'll take it because I think long-term, we may be the smartest business people in the world. Uh, I mentioned to you in our pre-call that our client retention is over 99%, and all of our growth is directly from client referrals. So, uh Am I passionate about what I do? Yes. But do I see tangible passion coming from our clients in the referrals? Yes. So it just further 
uh, reinforces to me that we're on the right path, which is why this subject or this this segment's titled "The Future of Wealth Management." I think we're onto it, uh, and the reason we're doing a podcast is because we want to spread the word so that more people know about it. Because as you and I talked about, you've been in this industry for a while. You've talked to others like us. You've never heard this approach, so I think it's very important, and it's part of our value system. That even if you're not a client of Cahaba, I want you to understand that there's a better way to go about managing your wealth than you're aware of. And we're a resource to help you figure it out. Excellent. Excellent. Well said. So, so, so number one, at the, the starting point, we've got understanding the person's motivation. Then we know, then you get to know all the aspects of the client's financial world. And then you start to work on the financial plan. Yeah, then we actually put together your plan. So once we've done that, it'll help us identify where areas of concern or places where we have to do things, take active action, whether it's canceling insurance or getting more insurance, a different type than you have, whether it's fixing your taxes or communicating an aspect of your world to the CPA that they may not have been aware of, um, whether it's getting you in touch with an estate attorney or helping you execute estate attorneys in whatever state of residence that you're in or make updates to your current documents that we see where we see there are potential things. It's making sure that your beneficiary designations are done correctly on your IRAs and your regular accounts and your bank accounts. So that if, if, if you had an unfortunate demise, your family would not be burdened by having a mess. They would, they would have a situation that was in good order. They'd be very sad and have time to mourn. And MJ, one thing I didn't mention in our call is if that happens, and it has happened to our clients, we're there. We are there as that point person or air traffic control to help the executor understand the structure of the estate planning so that they can execute and do their jobs. Got it. Got it. So, and, and, uh, so, and, and one of the things that you said to me in the pre-interview was you said that a part of the the financial plan is delving into deeply more, more and more, more questions, right? Yeah. What's, what's your risk tolerance? Where is every dollar going? That's, I think that's a title for a future podcast. Yeah. Cash flow projections. Where is every dollar going? You help people to really zero in and, and comfortably start to discuss this stuff and get it out on the table. And because you can't make the plan unless you have the answers to these questions with the client. Yeah, and and a simplistic way of summarizing what you just said is at the end of the cash flow, it's going to tell us whether you're operating in a deficit or a surplus environment. If it's a deficit environment, we're going to figure out how to cut costs or increase uh, income, whatever the case may be. If it's a surplus situation, what are we doing with those dollars? Are they going towards additional retirement savings? Are they going towards 529 educational account savings for children? Are they going towards 529 for grandkids? Are they going towards that lake house I referenced earlier so that your grandkids can come spend time with you? Whatever your aspirational goals are, we're accounting for every dollar before it lands in your account. The key there on the psychology side is you know where everything's going before it arrives. So there's none of the tension there's none of the uncertainty of what do I do with this money? It's I know what I'm doing with this money. And so does my financial advisor. And I can call them and talk through it and feel comfortable. So I get rid of that anxiety associated with those decisions. So now the financial plan is done. The client says, wow, this is really in depth. I've never had any anybody ask me questions. But by the way, I, when I, I interviewed Brian O'Neill um, uh, previously, 
did he say to me that um, uh, uh, investment brokers uh, uh, have over a 40% turnover in clients on a yearly basis? Yeah, client retention. Yeah, it's 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 tremendous. I mean, lot constantly people constantly leaving and going out and soliciting new new people. Yes, yep. So you got they so they have ten clients and four of them leave every year. Every year, okay. And you're you have ninety nine point three percent retention of your clients. Yeah, got it. So, uh, so now the financial plan's done. The client goes, "Holy smokes, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen." Now, actually, uh, so, generally, the client says, holy smokes, that was a real pain. <laughs> I have never had anyone dig in that much on us. Oh, my God, I'm never doing that again, <laughs> which is probably why our retention is so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's just stay in the fold. You never have to go through this again. Perfect. Exactly. Um, and and uh, so, so now that the plan's done, now you must charge them, right? Not yet. So we present the plan and it's in it at the plan presentation, the initial plan presentation, the client says, yes, let's go. I want to engage with Cahaba. At that point, you would sign a management agreement uh, and then we'd get going. We'd onboard your assets from wherever your legacy uh, advisor was from. Uh, we would send you a detailed list of actions, both with your responsibility and our responsibility. And we would start executing, getting that initial plan in place. Now, your portfolio comes over, you may have legacy assets that don't fit on the recommended asset allocation. An asset allocation is derived taking three considerations into uh, perspective. It's your cash flow needs. So do I need cash from these accounts or any account this year, next year, three years, five years, 10 years, so on and so forth? How long am I going to continue to work? And then how long am I going to live? And will you, we use you know, some estimates there. Um, to, to have a, you know, the average average age is 82, right? So we'll figure 82, and then after 82, we're living longer, but we'll give you some definition of what they may be. And then the last one is your risk tolerance. Do you look at your phone every hour and worry about the ups and downs of the market? If so, we're going to advise you on, on how unhealthy that practice is. And then two, try to give you perspective through the cash flow of saying, hey, MJ, I just finished your financial plan and we're not touching any of your accounts for the next 15 years. Why are you worried about a market selling off today? I can actually make an argument that it's the biggest gift that's been given to you on a long-term return basis because now you can invest more dollars at cheaper valuation. So right there, I flipped the script on you. You came to me with anxiety about market volatility, near-term market volatility. And I said, hey, this is actually a good thing. And here's why. And I showed you why. And then you leave that call saying, oh, I've got a plan. This is good. Versus sell everything, go to cash. I'm worried. Okay. I mean, the easiest thing I could do if you made that call to me is go to cash. It's really easy, but it's not right. So as fiduciaries, we stand up and we say the uncomfortable things where we, we think your emotional state is, is leading you to a place that's misguided long, for your long-term benefit. So yes, to answer, I'm, I know I'm, I'm bouncing around, but to answer your question, yeah, once we onboard you, once we get your assets, then and only then are you billed in arrears. So at the end of the subsequent quarter in which you were onboarded is the first time you would be billed for any of the services provided that we've talked about up to this point. Got it. Got it. I love it. And um, as we go to um, 
I mean, there's Will, there's so much here, right, for yeah. us to talk about. I mean, you know, this, this, we kidded before the interview, this could be a two or three hour uh, podcast, but we'll, we'll uh, certainly have you on again uh, to, to go deeper into these topics. But um, uh, explain, uh, as we go to land this plane, explain to our listeners uh, the, uh, the fiduciary uh, mandate uh, that, uh, that guides your recommendations, and we'll kind of wrap up with that. Yeah, very simplistically, everyone you work with at Cahaba, all the advisors are CFPs, certified financial planners. CFP requires us to work as a fiduciary for our clients. What does the word fiduciary mean? It means that we have to do what's in your best interest, not in Cahaba's best interest, not in Will Jackson's best interest, but is what, what is in MJ, the client's best interest or any client. That's different. Uh all major firms that you talk to within your financial life are against being held as fiduciaries because they have a business model that is directly benefited by selling their products. Well, their products may be good, but they also may not be in your best interest or good. So what we do as fiduciaries is we are product agnostic. We all have to use and deploy products in order to achieve our goals, but we don't care who makes the product, we just care if the product is good, is efficient, and is in the best interest of our client. So that is that is very simplistically what that means. And that is through every aspect of your financial life. Everything with a dollar sign, we approach it that way. We do a tremendous amount of research to make sure that we're giving you the best advice we're aware of. I love it. Well, as you said, that's a simplistic uh, answer. There's a lot more to go into to, uh, you know, to compare the, the fiduciary standard and the suitability standard. Uh, we've talked about that on a previous podcast, but, um, uh, but we could go into more depth. Uh, Will Jackson, uh, the future of wealth management, um, you know, it, it seems to me uh, if we were to, to say to um, anybody that's listening, that is interested um, uh, in, in the future of wealth management, what would you say to them about this different approach? Give us a couple of ending sentences. I, I like to call this the locker room speech. You know, if we were, you were in the locker room, what, what would you say to the, the, uh, the clients that are out there or the, or the potential clients that are out there that, uh, that need to know about a different way of doing this? I'll put it this way, MJ. Whether you're working with Cahaba or anyone else, one, you should be working with a CFP, a certified financial planner. Two, you should be working with somebody who abides by the fiduciary standard. And three, you need to work with a firm that leads with a culture of service. And when you walk in that door, the first question should be, how can I help you? Not let me tell you what I've got to sell, or let me tell you about me, or let me tell you about my firm, or let me tell you about our products. It's how can I help you? And if you do that, you'll dramatically increases your long term. You dramatically increase your long term success, and that's something we passionately care about. It doesn't have to be Cahaba centric. We didn't make all this stuff up, but we have intentionally designed this structure in order to lead to better outcomes for our clients. And if somebody replicates it, great. That means more people are doing better. And if more people are doing better, then we truly have changed the way wealth management's delivered. Perfect. Really well said. Um, uh, Will Jackson, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate you educating our audience. Uh, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. 
MJ, thank you for the opportunity to share our story. We really appreciate it. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. Listeners, I want to thank all of you for being um, here at the There is a Better Way uh, podcast uh, brought to you by Cahaba Wealth Management. Uh, If you are looking to dramatically increase your long-term success, (laughs) that's a great way to say it. If if you want to dramatically increase your long-term success as an outsider, can I make a recommendation? My recommendation is uh, that you go to kahabawealth.com and uh, go to the contact uh, section there uh, and uh, make a phone call to Kahaba Wealth and, um, and, and see, if, see if when you call them, if they actually say, how can we help you? <laughs> and I think that's what you will find. Uh, and uh, they will review, um, uh, they'll review if you have existing, uh, an existing portfolio, they can review it and get at that starting point, ask you some questions. As you can see, uh, it is a very a deep process. Um, and uh, you, you, I would recommend it uh, as a, uh, if you're at that point where you're looking for a change or you wanna get a second opinion. Uh, for the most part, I would say, uh, keep tuning in uh, to the There Is A Better Way podcast. Uh, if you can, write us a review, uh, give us a, a rating. Uh, we'd love a five-star rating if you thought that it was uh, informative, helpful, you got some good information. And um, most importantly, uh, if you're able to, um, uh, there's three little buttons, uh, three, usually three little dots in the lower right-hand corner of a podcast that allows you to hit them and, and find the share button and feel free to uh, uh, get the uh, There Is A Better Way podcast uh, to your friends, your coworkers, your family members, maybe even a neighbor and say, hey, listen to somebody like uh, Will Jackson uh, or somebody like Brian O'Neill or one of the other partners or one of the other advisors uh, at uh, Cahaba Wealth Management. We thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next episode of the There Is a Better Way podcast. That concludes this episode of There Is a Better Way. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you check back regularly for new episodes and get connected to the wisdom you'll need to make confident decisions about your family's financial future and well-being. We'll see you on the next episode.